Hey everybody, thanks for joining again today. Welcome to Look at the Book. Uh, we have been traveling with Paul on his third missionary journey, and now he has reached his destination. He's been wanting to get to Jerusalem. He's been looking forward to getting to Jerusalem, and now he has arrived at Jerusalem. Now, getting in Jerusalem at a time uh, when they were having a feast, uh, the city would be extremely crowded. It would be very hard to find a place to stay. But fortunately for him, uh, he was able to stay at a disciple's home, a man by the name of Manasseh. So let's pick up in Acts chapter 21, verse 17, and read down through verse 25. After those days, we packed up and went to Jerusalem. Also, some of the disciples from Caesarea went with us and brought with them a certain Manasseh of Cyprus, an early disciple with whom we were to lodge. When we had come to Jerusalem, the brethren received us gladly. On the following day, Paul went in with us to James and all the elders who were present. When he had greeted them, he told in detail those things which God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry. And when they heard it, they glorified the Lord. And they said to him, You see, brother, how many myriads of Jews there are who have believed and they are all zealous for the law. But they have been informed that you teach all the Jews who are among the Gentiles to forsake Moses, saying that they ought not to circumcise their children, nor to walk according to the customs. What then? The assembly must certainly meet, for they will hear that you have come. Therefore do what we tell you. We have four men who have taken a vow. Take them and be purified with them. Pay their expenses so that they may shave their heads and that all may know that those things of which they were informed concerning you are nothing, but that you yourself also walk orderly and keep the law. But concerning the Gentiles who believe, we have written and decided that they should observe no such thing except that they should keep themselves from things offered to idols from blood, from things strangled, and from sexual immorality. So at Jerusalem, Paul meets with James and the elders that were there. He greets them and goes into detail about all the things that he has accomplished among the Gentiles. And when he tells of all that, and they, he finished telling them what great things have been happening, and the conversion of the Gentiles, what do they do? They glorify God. The coming of Paul to Jerusalem was a big deal. He had a reputation. His actions, his words, were listened to very carefully by thousands of Jews. Some criticism had already entered Jerusalem long before he did. The Jews who hated his gospel of freedom had been constantly at the job of putting it into the minds of any who would listen, that Paul was a heretic, that he was an apostate, that he was teaching false doctrine. So James brings this up. The hatred of the Jews would make it extremely hard for Paul to accomplish anything for Christ here. So it has been said that though a rumor doesn't have a leg to stand on, it travels mighty fast, and that's what we see here. They were accusing Paul of things that he hadn't said. 
The circumcision thing was something the Jews just could not get past, and it was decided it would do him no good to deny what they were claiming he was teaching, that the Gentiles did not need to be circumcised, they were not under the law, because Paul did warn them that they were not under the law, that they should not get involved in the old Jewish religion, and that they did not need to be circumcised. But remember, these were Gentiles who were never under the law. But he nowhere told the Jews that it was wrong for them to practice their customs. So as long as they did not trust in ceremony, not wrong to follow customs, as long as those ceremonies don't become your religion or your test of fellowship. The leaders suggested that Paul demonstrate publicly his reverence for the law. All they asked was that he identify himself with four men under a Nazarite vow, which you can find back in Numbers chapter 6, verses 1 through 6, pay for their sacrifices, be with them in the temple for their time of purification. He agreed to do it. If it had been a matter of involving someone's personal salvation, Paul would never have cooperated with this, for that would have compromised the message of how to be saved. But this was a matter of personal conviction. The next day, Paul reported to the priest, shared in the purification ceremony, but he didn't take any vows. He had the men, he and the men had to wait seven days, then offer the prescribed sacrifices. The whole plan seemed to be a way of trying to keep the peace between Paul and those who hated him. Did it work? No. As we're going to see next time in our study that Paul was arrested and imprisoned. But when I think about Paul agreeing to go along with this idea of the elders, it took me back to 1 Corinthians, to chapter 9, and to verses 19 through 23, where Paul said this, For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win the more. And to the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might win the Jews. To those who are under the law as under the law, that I might win those who are under the law. To those who are without law as without law, not being without law toward God, but under law toward Christ, that I might win those who are without law, that's the Gentiles. To the weak, I became as weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Now this I do for the gospel's sake, that I may be a partaker of it with you. Everything Paul did, was to further the gospel. May we live our lives to further the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thanks for being here. See you next time.